Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast brought to you by the Amador Whiskey Company. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined, as always, by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, you on Twitter? Yeah, I'm on Twitter. I'm Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast. Um, quick, basically, 30-hour trip to Boise and back. Ah, good. the Boise. Yeah, good, good city. Um, Could see the Broncos stadium? No, it was it was quick downtown. Yeah. you know, work stuff that we did in the morning and back out. Very clean, very nice city. I was Heard happy that. to get uh, to test this out with with Boiseites or, or, or mm. I don't know how you would call Boiseans? them. Boiseans, Boiseans. Uh But anybody from Idaho, which is essentially any, uh, ask them this question: When when as in Iowa, and if you travel around the United States, and people are like, hey, where are you from? He said, I'm from Iowa. Oh, yeah, it's the potatoes, right? Oh, jeez. Like, no, it's... But there Idaho. they know. So, but, so I, I wanted to know, does it go back the other way as well? And I tested it oh, out corn. three times. With corn. Or just getting it confused with Iowa in some sure. capacity. I tested it out three times. One was a conclusive yes. One was a conclusive no. Okay. And the third one, he just did not want to engage in the conversation okay. so it was inconclusive so let's just say 50 50 i think it's 50 50 yeah, i think yeah, that's a pretty good. scientific study right there <laughs> um anyways good trip uh so get going into the couple things we got here yeah, yeah. okay first thing i want to do shout out to my nephew and oh yeah eyes on big listener colin first team all district quarterback i mean that's all fine and good being you know the best quarterback not, not too shabby in your district at the most important position but the most important oh, thing to the Eyes on Big podcast, he's the district punter of the year. Wow, I mean, huh? QB is okay. That's fine, but that's I mean, they, we got the big one. That's the one we wanted. As I, as somebody tweeted back at me, hashtag for the brand, which I thought was fantastic for the absolutely. Podcast, so that's awesome. Uh, yeah, we for our listeners, we set that up before the season. We wanted to make sure he was going to get the punter of the year. That was the goal. Congratulations again, Colin. We're proud of you. A um, couple maybe, I don't know if it's corrections, the right way to put it, but... Oh, I have one too, by the way. Yeah, I wonder yeah. if this will be it, but y- your comment on when we talked about Frost, who makes what coach, coach in the past has had success yep. in his fifth year, and you pointed out Barry Alvarez and the Colorado coach, but as it turns Mike out... Mike McIntyre. Mike McIntyre. They both had success in their, in their fourth, fourth year. Right, yeah. I, I looked that up. Uh, the closest one that somebody pointed out was actually Dan McCarney at okay. Iowa State, but, but how much success did he have? Okay, and that's what I'm saying. So that doesn't actually add. That doesn't actually help your point. It would probably fight against it, right? Because he his biggest win total was nine and four, which at the time oh, at Iowa State that's pretty good for one year, and then it was back. You know. Okay, and I had <laughs> I had mentioned Kevin Wilson, and I rem- I guess looking back, it it seemed better at the time. It was his fifth year. But he only got to six and six. That was his high water mark. So that's not so good. And then he left at the, well, he got shown the door right. after that. So I had, is that all you had right there? That's the all I got for that, yeah. So I had one correction, kind okay. of a correction. So I spoke about the Illinois fourth down play, and I was like, I didn't think it was a horrible play, but I think they should have just snuck it. Okay. It was pointed out to me. I guess when I, I didn't realize it when I was watching the game, and I hadn't rewatched it yet, they got to the one foot mark essentially okay on the third down run okay okay? one foot to go and it was clear that it was one foot and they spotted it at one foot so in my head i'm thinking they only have one foot just snake it right 
the refs mismarked it. They put it Did back really? a yard. They went back a yard. And, and uh, Robert Rosenthal broke this down on the Twitters. He's at A Lion I. And I'm like, oh my God, yeah, they did do that, didn't they? And I went back and I checked. Sure as sure as shit, they moved it back. Yeah, I think they made it. Maybe maybe they were respotting and said, no, he didn't get that far. But he did get that far. He did get a, a foot away, and then they moved it one yard back. Crazy. So shocking okay. the Big Ten refs would make a well, mistake how, how about like it? that. So I'm okay with not doing the QB sneak at that point. Gotcha. I mean, you know, if it was Nate Stanley, different story. <laughs> right. But it's Brandon Peters. So I, I'm actually going to say good play call. I'm okay with the play. Personnel decisions on that last drive, a little questionable, a little questionable still. Fair enough. All right. And that uh, was my big point that I was trying to make. That was personnel. Okay. Okay. So the, the somewhat explained. The quarterback sneak was neither here nor there. Right. Because I wasn't totally against the play call. Makes sense. Okay. So all I just right. want to point that out to everybody. Because I know all you Illini fans are so concerned. With that being said, uh, if sometimes when we get talking on something, it, it's us shooting from the hip, and it's not things that we research. Love when it 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 uh, evolves into some sort of Twitter debate. Where oh people, yeah, that's that's one of the most fun things about the podcast. So we we highly recommend people keep doing that. Uh, Minnesota running back Bryce Williams out for the year. This yeah. is the third starting running back for Minnesota that's out for the year. Crazy. Um, the only surprise was that he didn't spontaneously combust. Right. A la, this is Spinal Tap drummer. You know, so, they, <laughs> there's 12 documented uh, uh, spontaneous combustion. They just don't, they just don't report it. <laughs> so I know, I've seen clips, obviously. And I know the gist, and I know that the drummer always dies, but I've never actually seen the movie. Oh, really? It's no. been a while, so I've, I've watched it a couple times. It's, I mean, it's Got fun. It. It's you know, it's that. I should give it a shot. Best in show, and all those guys. It's fantastic. Uh, speak, stayed in Minnesota here. This just got announced today. PJ Fleck, yeah. seven-year extension. It's going to make him the fourth highest-paid coach Ooh. in the Big Ten. I believe I saw fifteenth highest coach in the country. Um, a couple Gopher fans said that I saw our guy boat wagon that it wasn't high enough. I'm like, I think I that's know, a, man. that's a pretty good, so pretty good salary. Um, let's see. So who do we have one through four? Not off the top of my head. Neither but, do I, but, but I, you know, I mean, PJ obviously <clears throat> means a ton to the football program. They are playing more consistent football than seemingly they ever have or in a long time before that. With that being said, he still hasn't won a division title or or has gotten to Indianapolis. So I would say getting up into the fourth highest paid coach in the Big Ten and the market changes like every three or four well, years. Yeah. So and I and I take that, but that's I would say they're paying him very very well. I would say they're paying him well, and yeah. the seven years is great. And I think that not that there was a lot of rumors flying around. There really weren't any rumors about right. PJ Fleck leaving, but now we know he's not. So, yeah, good news for Gopher fans, P.J. Fleck, Heather Fleck, and the Edina Plastic Surgery Group. That's right. <laughs> and, of course, we have to talk about oh, poor, poor the pole assassin. Oh, yeah, that's right, the pole assassin. So I will set this up for any of you people that uh, Maybe are not Twitter. losers yeah. or on Twitter, which typically coincides together. You might not know about this story. Congratulations if you don't. But... Craziness out of the University of Texas. I mean, it's literally an entire day of entertainment. On I, I, and I tell you what, like, there are a lot of times where the Twitter day or two of entertainment, like, 
I just think it's the stupidest thing in the world. But and this will and I and I don't pay attention to it. This was one of the stupidest things in the world. But sure. gosh dang, if it did, had to, it was hilarious. A lot of layers the, to this thing. <laughs> so I'll try to set it up as best I can. Jeff Banks is the University of Texas special teams coach. Um, generally accepted as fact, Jeff Banks got married and had four kids. Left his wife for a, a exotic dancer. Yeah. Uh, who goes by the name the Pole Assassin. Pole Assassin. Which <laughs> it's a great, great name. It's a great name. So he now lives with the Pole Assassin. The Pole Assassin's stage or, or you know, assistant is a monkey. Named Gia. Gia. We found out. Yep. Gia is a part of the act. Not as you know, not as spicy of a name as yeah, Pole it, Assassin. Not as good Doesn't, as Pole Assassin. I would yeah. want more. Um, uh, too bad I didn't have like a Texas, you know, like, like Bevo, Bevo. Sure. Yeah. Something, something, you know, anyways. So then they have, so I would like to point out they lost on Saturday quite spectacularly on Sunday, the 31st, which of course was Halloween, uh, Jeff and, and the pole assassin hosted a Halloween party at yeah. their house, which I think is a little questionable. So, after, yeah. After you, losing, you lose the game. The game. Yeah. I would start there. And then the details of this were not re- real sure, but a, a child was there and veered off the course of where he was supposed to go and got attacked by said Gia the monkey. Yeah, and we got a tour from the pole assassin of Gia's little domicile. And, you know, it's there's a gate there and says, do not enter. And then somehow, I don't know how this kid got in the cage. So there's we don't have all the details here, but unfortunately some kid got bit by this. Yeah, this monkey, which is not funny. No, that's I mean, not I just funny. picture like so. Mrs. Greek is much more into Halloween than I am. Not that I'm anti-Halloween; she's just more in, into it than me. But there's, she went to some Halloween stuff on on uh, Saturday without me. I, I was watching football. Okay, if she came home and one of our our <laughs> children was was bleeding from the face, I would say. What the hell happened? And if the answer was, well, we went to a party and little Greek got bit by a monkey. (laughs) Are you serious? Those things can be mean. Have you ever? Yeah, I don't think a monkey's a real good pet. Right. Like, have you ever seen someone's pet monkey? Yeah. I'm not not even making a Sprockets reference here. It's like. Which was a great GIF, by the way. Yeah. That was fantastic. Um, But no, I've, I've met like pet monkeys yeah. and, and they they generally don't like people that aren't their owner correct and it's just always weird when they're wearing the diaper too i always find well, yeah that yeah odd but um obviously uh, uh sarkeesian is texas coach yeah. aka sark after dark which is his background of liking the bottle a little too much and and obviously he's in a in a high pressure situation so you've got all the high pressure the background and you hire a coach onto your staff with a wife that is I mean, a stripper or a girlfriend or whatever you want to call it. And he would have had to hire her. I mean, th- this is the first year, so he hired like, hired Jeff. You mean? But you got to do. You can't just hire the coach. Well, he you got to hire the coach's right. You know, situation and background. And, and I, I would think during the interview process, it would be: Do you have a significant other? And if he walks in the significant other and you do a little bit of, I don't know. I'm well, just I saying, think you would. I think Sark should be a little bit more judicious on who he hires and brings. Okay, I'm going to say I think he knew damn well what 
this guy's situation was. Okay. I hired him anyway. So maybe he would... was living vicariously through Jeff Banks because he's dry now and he can't yeah. party like that. Anyways, that was a fun week. I can't go through none. We can't go through all of the memes and jokes there, but there was threads that I mean, I was sitting in the airport just laughing, man. I mean, it was hilarious. Yeah, I mean, you know, really, when you think about it, any sport that you follow really is a soap opera as well. It's good, you point. know, because point. half of the fun is not during the games; it's what happens off the field. Good point. So this was like the best episode of soap opera we've ever seen, and. Maybe in college football. I mean, I don't know. Not best episode, but quirkiest. Quirkiest, oddest. Yeah. All right. Lastly, before we get to the the games, the college football rankings Mm. came out. Um, There was actually some some surprises and whatnot, but to list the Big Ten teams, I would say the Big Ten had a very good showing. Six teams. Overall, number three, Michigan State, number five, Ohio State, number seven, Michigan, number 20, Minnesota, which I kind of called on Twitter. I'm going to give myself a half credit here. I thought the Big Ten West had a shot at getting three teams in, and we did with with Wisconsin 21 and Iowa 22. So pretty darn good showing for the Big Ten Conference. I thought uh, Minnesota had a chance. I just didn't expect them to be above both Wisconsin and Correct. Iowa. I actually so, predicted Wisconsin in front of Iowa, but I predicted Minnesota behind Wisconsin yeah. and Iowa. But, I mean, it's it makes perfect sense that Minnesota's at where they're at. They're it does. They're a hotter team compared to the other two. Um, and then before we get on to the rest of the uh, country, I, you know, again, I'm not going to get too much down this horse, but of all the, the dung that gets flung at the Big Ten West, the Big Ten West has three teams in the college football playoffs. Yeah. So I, again, I'm not saying the big 10 West is as good as the big 10 East. And right now the sec West reigns supreme. Cause it's got five teams just from the sec Jeez. West. That's in the sec West or the sec in uh, total has seven teams. The big 10 in second was six teams, but you break down and I sent a tweet out breaking down the divisions. I mean, the big 10 West has three teams ranked. The entire Big 12 has three teams ranked. The, the Pac-12 has one team ranked, oh. which means one division has one team, one division has zero. I believe I can't keep the Coastal and the ACC, but no, one ACC can. division has two, the other has okay. one. Long story short, if you want a dog on the Big 10 West because it makes you feel like a big man on Twitter, whatever, that's your thing, take a look at some of these other divisions because sure. they are they're worse. I don't know what else to say. Okay, so a couple things we got to talk about. Alabama number two. I laughed out loud. I mean, I, I should I yeah, should have expected it, of course, but I I literally laughed out loud. Got a loss. Michigan State does not, and and people are propping up Alabama because of their wins over Mississippi State, which lost to Memphis, barely beat La Tech, and Ole Miss. I mean, that's their that's their big wins. But I don't get it. I and mean, then the conference doubled down by saying. Georgia's on a uh, level by themselves. They said Bama is on a level by themselves as well. And then it's a group of teams three through seven. So they doubled down on it. They actually gave Bama more credit than what even, you know, the rankings say. Okay. You're saying when they explained it. Okay. I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I was long since had turned the TV off. Okay. So I wanted to point out in Oklahoma eight, 
That, that was, was the big crazy, one. man. That was That's crazy. That's the big one. An undefeated, been in the college football playoffs several-time Oklahoma. Not just undefeated. They're the only 9-0 and team in the country. Behind Michigan. A spot behind Michigan. Right. Who's 7-1. I mean, and one. That's incredible. That is incredible. Yeah. And, so, then, and then Cincinnati at 6. Which, well, okay, so that's what I'm going to kind of get to here. So uh, if you want to like read, if you don't know much about this, you want to know how stupid the college football playoff committee is, just go to Dustin Schutte at uh, yeah. Schutte CFB on, said some good from the Saturday tradition. because And not just after the rankings come out came out. You have to read prior to that, like the couple days prior to that, because it just points out how stupid it is. Well, one of the things he pointed out, about the rankings, SEC has the highest zero loss, one loss, two loss, and three loss team. And they, the fact that they even have a three loss team in is hilarious. Amazing. Cincinnati, because they're ranked six, has no chance of making. I would say a very, I would still say they have a chance, but they'd we have to talking, go undefeated. Well, obviously. And obviously, a lot of people would have to lose in front of them. Yeah. A couple times, probably. Like, it would still need more chaos to happen. Yeah. A lot of chaos. Our guy, Braden Gall, listened to the podcast on my way from the airport just now. Um, was making the case that even if Alabama loses the SEC championship, they should still get in the college football playoff. Of course. Losses. Of course. Just going going at it, man. So, yeah, Michigan State 2. 3. I'm sorry, 3. And Alabama 2. It just why are we even playing the games? And that's the thing. It's And, and I will give Tom Fernelli credit. He, he is the one banging the drum of saying. And, and there's other guys, too. Uh, um, uh, Danny Cannell says it, too. Like, guys, these wins and losses, they have got to matter. Because right. you could essentially say, well, we're six games in at this point. We already know who these two teams are. Like, even if they lose a couple games, we still know this is the, the power rankings. Right. Even though they lost the game, the power rankings. <laughs> right. Let's put them in. It, it's an invitational is what it is. It is an invitational. I, there's and, just no way to get around that. And we've been saying that since the start of this podcast. It's not a playoff. It's an invitational. Uh, with that being said, the rankings that you'll ha- hear from us here on out will no longer be AP rankings. It's obviously right. going to be a college football playoff because that's what it is. And let's get into the games. This is the week 10 slate of games. Yikes. We are just like that into November, two-thirds of the way through it's, the season. It's crazy. In fact, uh I mean, we're we're done with regular season games at the end of this month. Crazy. I mean, when you are two thirds of the way through a toothpaste, you're like, I gotta get, I gotta get some new toothpaste pretty soon. Yeah, you gotta, scary. You gotta start scheduling that out. <laughs> Seven games, all Big Ten teams in action. Of course, all big versus big. All these times that we're giving you will be Central Standard Time and will take place on Saturday, November six. And holy cow, they actually spread these out correctly. Oh, yeah. Two in the morning, three in the afternoon, two at night. So, Obviously, the Big Ten office and the, and the TV people are listening to the Eyes on Big Podcast. That's the only thing be. I can It's the only explanation. Disturb. Would you rather have two afternoon or two morning? I would take I would take two, three, two like we got or three, two, three, two. two. Either way. Okay. I think same with me. Yeah. I don't think it matters. No, I'm, I'm good either way. First game up, the 7-1, number five ranked Ohio State Buckeyes. Coming into Lincoln to take on the three and six Nebraska Cornhuskers. This is an eleven o'clock a.m. game on Fox Line. Buckeyes by fifteen over under sixty four. So Vegas is saying something along the lines of a forty to twenty five Buckeyes win. Ninety percent of the bets are on the visiting Buckeyes. Quick stat here to give you: the last two games in Lincoln, the combined score. At half by Ohio State, 
73 to nothing. Oh. We're talking about a 30 average of 37 to nothing at halftime. Wow. Yeah. So that's but only a 15 point spread. Interesting. Right. And but then I got that 90%. That's a huge that's percentage a of, of people on the Buckeyes. That's 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 a ton of money. So that makes me question. I mean, when I look at that I mean, line, I we, think I, I thought immediately Ohio State. But obviously everyone else is too. Right. I mean, I would say by and large, when you look at what the Buckeyes have been doing to people, when you saw that line come out and it was quote unquote only at 15, don't you think the general public was like yeah. three three and 16? It's the Buckeyes. They've been pretty much mauling people. I'm going to bet the house on Ohio State. I think so. But I mean, I mean that's, I think much where that's how I felt too. Um, so Ohio State is number one in the conference. In offensive yards per game. Nebraska's number two, though. But it's a 77-yard margin between the one and two. Yeah. Yeah. Nebraska and Ohio State almost rush for the same amount of yards per game. Nebraska's two yards ahead of Ohio State. Yeah. So, so is that – are you starting to kind of explain why? A little bit. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, Nebraska's been playing everyone close. Of course. They just don't win. The most – a uh, team has ever, or I think it's since 1970, okay? The most games a team has ever played for a one-loss game but lost them is seven. Nebraska sits at six with three games left. So they could they could get the record. Wait, like a one-score loss. Okay, one-score loss. In this one season. In one season. Seven is the record. Nebraska is at six no kidding with three to go so something to kind of keep an eye oh, that's, on that's kind of fun so like where's the psyche of of either of these teams like nebraska just lost a a, a another gut punch game this one to purdue last week um it are are you know a lot of talk from nebraska podcasts and twitter have they has scott frost lost this team is this team still have the desire um, they're still playing for a bowl game. Technically, I mean, if they won out four games, they could they could win with a uh, 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 win out and get a, a winning record by winning the bowl game. That's that's what you're playing for right now, and along with just pride in your teammates, obviously. But I don't know, just the psyche of Nebraska is something well, that has to be brought into question a little bit. I mean, for sure. But you have three regular season games left. You have to win all three of those to go to a bowl game. And we're talking Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Iowa. At Wisconsin and Iowa. Um, Then you talk about Ohio State. I mean, what's more to say? Like, I mean, first of all, they just beat Penn State. Here's my question for you. How big of a, how quote unquote big of a game was that for Ohio State? Like, Penn State kind of came in fractured. It was at home. I guess what I'm getting at is, do do you think it's a big enough game where there is a letdown feel. It didn't feel like it to me. That's okay. That's my gut feeling yeah. as well, but a little bit. And then you mix this in with an 11 o'clock AM kickoff. Like, yeah. Could there just be, could there just be a little sluggishness from the Buckeyes and, and yeah, both teams in general? Yeah, absolutely. Certainly going on the road for sure. There could be some sluggishness. Another thing, the amount of teams, so the top 10 net yards per play. That's the one I was looking at. So net yards per play is, you know, yards per play compared to offense versus your defense, okay? They are eighth in the country in that stat. Here's some of the other teams that are in that. Number one, Ohio State, the team that they're playing. Number two is Georgia. Number four is Cincinnati. Number nine is Alabama. If you look in the top 10 of teams 
that have a net yards per play that high, they're not only all bowl teams or teams with winning records, they're teams that are still alive for the college football playoff, and there sits Nebraska at 3-6. and six. It is just another enigma wrapped in a riddle that it we've is. been talking about with Nebraska. And then I saw a tweet where if you wrapped that into points per game given up on defense, there there's only five teams that are in the top 30 of each of those. Yeah. And they're one of them. Insane. And but, again, it's like it's Cincinnati, yeah. it's it's but Alabama, it, it, it's Ohio State. But it's kind of a, you know, analogy of like a really good looking house or something. And then you scratch a little bit under the surface and you see rotten pipes and wiring that's kind of falling apart because their red zone offense is atrocious. Yeah. Their turnover margin is is really bad. Their special teams efficiency yeah, is terrible. awful. The penalties are better than it better used than to they've be, been. but still not desirable. That is the little stuff, especially I would say the red zone offense. So we got to start breaking down the game here, all right? So I, I mean, well, I'm concerned about a dinged two a.m. Still, dude, bingo. So that like right now, part of why Adrian Martinez, and maybe not part of it, maybe the whole reason Adrian Martinez is struggling so much is not only because I still think he's got a bum ankle, it's that now you have to get him doing stuff that you just don't want. Like, the coaches are un- yeah. unable to put him that, in a position to be successful right That's now. the key to the game for me. So if me and you know it, two doofus podcasters, right. don't you think Ryan Day and his staff probably smell the blood in the water a little bit? I think so. And then you mix in with, again, I mean, we will keep talking about the Ohio State offense until it ceases to be the incredible spectacle that it puts on every sure. Saturday. This is not just... I, I mean, you tune in to watch the passing attack, but you, you wind up watching Travion Henderson. Absolutely. And, and the minute in the Nebraska defense, it has been giving up rushing yards yeah. kind of increasingly throughout the year. They're kind of like their offense in a way where they, <laughs> they are, they give up yards, but they don't give up a ton of points. It's Correct. kind of the flip of the, yeah. the offense. So I, I, and then uh, they can't get to the quarterback. I mean, their, no. their lack of, of ability to just sack the quarterback, which is what I think you're going to have to do versus a, this offense and a young quarterback. I I think it'll be a sluggish start. I could see something like a like a twenty to fourteen halftime, okay. you know, type of deal. But in the end, I just too much Ohio State. I got Ohio State forty four, Nebraska. 21 so that's an ohio state cover and at 65 i literally have it one point over the over okay i'm i'm not too far away i'm going with the public here i like ohio state to win fairly big 42 to 17 that's an ohio state cover and at 59 that's the under and then this is a whole podcast on its own but if i'm a little bit wrong and you are too and it's 55 to 3 and it just looks like wouldn't surprise me at all that Scott Frost will get fired on Sunday. Oh, okay. I because I don't you... think it'll be enough that they just lose the game. If if they battle, I expect sure. But, so but okay, you think it would a blowout? Like we're talking a blowout that it just looks like nobody wanted to be there on on, on the you, home team sideline. Do you think we have now entered into on Sunday afternoon? We hear that Scott Frost has been. I mean, I guess it wouldn't be a huge surprise at that point, but. This would be the first time if I heard it, it would not it, that it would not overly surprise me. Okay. I'm still gonna go. <gasps> don't get me wrong, but before you'd have been you'd have been floored. I guess I, I think just we've don't entered know into that area. Why do it now as opposed to waiting for the last two games? Another good point. 
And I'm know. not saying it should. By the way, I'm not making that stance. Yeah. I'm just saying, could we hear it? So because if they if they finish three and nine, it was certainly fireable. I would say that's a fireable offense. Yeah. But so why not just give them a chance to win five uh, games? I tell you one reason that you might not fire them. Uh, remember when we were listing off those teams that yeah. were ranked in the Big Ten? Uh, they've already played number three Michigan State. They've already played right. number seven Michigan. They've already played number twenty Minnesota. They already played number eight Oklahoma. They uh, have Ohio State on deck this weekend with number twenty one Wisconsin after that and number twenty two Iowa after that. Do but you think that's a hard schedule? It is a hard schedule. But then the flip side of that is, at some point you have to beat one of those teams, at I, least one of those teams. And they got chance. They got three chances here, right? And maybe that is what Trev Alberts is telling Scott Frost. I need to see a win here sure. in this last three weeks. Next game up. Right here in town, the three and six Illinois fighting Illini coming in to play the newly ranked number twenty six and two Minnesota Golden Gophers. This is an eleven o'clock a.m. game on ESPN two. Line Gophers by fourteen and a half over under forty four. Vegas says thirty to fourteen. Gophers roughly around there. Bets are right down the middle. Not enough to say who is the betting. Uh, uh, favored by the public. We think, we hope, that both BK and I will be in attendance for this game. Yep. Possibly look out for a an impromptu quick meetup, possibly at a bar or something. We haven't got it that well, figured yeah, out, but yeah. we've we've gotten some we've gotten some questions on if that was we the could case. Do that, maybe. It, it would be fun. Okay. So okay, how do you think the Illinois team matches up against this Minnesota? Pretty team? good. You do? Yes. Okay, what is the what's your what's the biggest reason of that? I I have this new I, I I still have a faith in the Illinois defense. I, I feel like the Illinois defense, by and large, the last two, three, four weeks has been pretty good. Yeah. So then you mix that in with listen, the Minnesota coaching staff, offensive line coach, running back coach, they they all deserve a ton of credit. But we are getting into the backup linebacker area of running backs like at some point, so could not, the rushing attack stall a little bit? Okay, I'm not concerned about Minnesota's running game as long as there's not another injury. Which if, isn't even a joke. I mean, at no, this point, it's not. like every time a running back gets tackled for Minnesota, I think Minnesota fans are holding their breath. No, but I'm okay with Kai Thomas and Marquis serving right now. If they, if they got those are they're two guys, they're pair, no spare really. I think they'll be fine. I think they can run it on Illinois. I really do. And I think what probably kills Illinois' defense the most about them is they're a balanced team. They can kill them two different ways. Yeah. Like if they just had, if it was a one dimensional team, Illinois could focus in on that. I think it's too much. I think they're going to score some points. I think they're going to score. Oh, yeah. I think they're going to score some points. Um, but like what is interesting to me, the, the most interesting matchup, uh, and, and kind of giving it an Illinois focus before you switch to the other side is. I also still believe in this Minnesota rushing attack. Um, I don't have faith in the Illinois passing attack. Like, not at all. No, neither do I. Okay. But the rushing attack has proven itself even against really good front yeah, sevens. Yeah, but it's also hit and miss. It is hit and miss. Yeah. But as as the Illinois offensive coordinator, do you have a choice right now? You, you pretty much got to... Bang that rock, right? You do, and Josh McCray got dinged up in the last game. Okay. So that was true. I guess he the reason he did not play on that last series is he, he was, was dinged up. up. Chase Brown carried the last carry, last carry so he was he was. And we still fine. don't know Josh McCray's status. 
We I haven't heard anything. Okay. Haven't heard anything. But that's the that matchup. Be a problem though. Yeah, that's the matchup to me is this this spotty but at times really good Illinois rushing attack versus a Minnesota rushing defense that still probably is not just underrated in the Big Ten. It's underrated nationally. I agree. It's, I agree. It's, it's really good. So if you just give me the thought process that the Minnesota pass defense is going to shut down the Illinois rushing offense, at that point, it, like if I knew that, if I just knew that, I would bet copious amounts of money on the under and probably would take Minnesota to cover the spread. I'm just sensing, I, I can't get it out of my head, that we could have a, a little bit of a sleepy Huntington Bank crowd at yeah. 11 o'clock oh, sure. a.m., a little little bit of a, eh, we're just playing Illinois, lethargic, we play down yeah. to our competition. So, yeah, I brought this up with and the then, And then fan. PJ's just, don't DGAF about throwing the ball down the field to pop plays. He just don't care. If he gets a 10-point sure. lead, oh, that's he just true. sits on it. That's a good point. But I so I had this conversation with an Illini fan today, and we talked about the playing down. He doesn't normally do that in conference games, though. That Inter- seems yeah. like a non-conference thing. That actually is a really good point. And he he really thumped you Illinois. You asked a Minnesota fan that or an Illinois no, fan? No, I was that? DMing with a Minnesota or Illinois fan back and forth today. And we about were Minnesota. About the Minnesota game. But an yeah. Illinois fan pointed out that PJ doesn't do it in conference games. I pointed it out to okay. the Illinois fan. Okay. That's a good point. It's a really good point. Yeah. So okay. um so I here's the thing. I think Illinois could run on Minnesota, could have some success there. But uh, I could also see them just kind of getting shut down. I mean, who knows? We don't know. Well, they run for three hundred and sixty yards against Penn State and then can't move the ball against Rutgers. Right. I don't know. I right. I've I I've, I've but here's the thing. I'm going to be at the game, right? That's a big strike against <laughs> the Illini factor on top of it, which I've, I'm starting to to feed back into the equation here. That's I can't get past those two things. They they don't perform well when I'm there. Okay. It's just they just don't. Okay. So I'm going to go with a pretty easy Minnesota win. Okay. Minnesota 37, Illinois 10. Minnesota covering at 47. That's the over. Wow, 37 to 10. Okay, um, we're on the same page, just maybe not quite so far. I don't have the Illini scars that you have. I have a a sleepy bit lethargic Minnesota 28, Illinois 13. That's still a Minnesota cover and uh, barely. And at 41 points, that is an under. All right, moving into the afternoon, the 5-3 and three Penn State Nittany Lions Going into the shell to take on the 4-4 four and four Maryland Terrapins. This is a 2.30 p.m. game on FS1. Line Nittany Lions by 10.5 over under 55.5. So Vegas is saying something along the lines of 20, uh, 33 to 23. Nittany Lions, 60% of the bets are on the visiting Nittany Lions. So we, you know, we were, ho- we were looking at Maryland, hoping for that 10 win. That's fallen by the wayside. Now we're just looking at a bowl game here. Do you know who they have on their schedule for remainder of the year? This week against Penn State. Yep. They're at Michigan State. Yep. They got Michigan at home. Yep. And then they're at Rutgers. Right. They need to win two games to get to a bowl game here. Yeah. So um, how do you do that with that schedule? I mean, to be honest with you, I think you got to win this week and then win the last one yeah. at Rutgers. That's yeah. the easiest path. So – Unless I, they like 
ding and surprise one of the missions. I mean, I guess, she, I guess she could. It's I mean, not- it's it's not without possibility, but yeah, you're dead on. Like, and that w- that is one of the many things that would scare me as a Penn State fan mm-hmm. about this game. Like, there is a a For ton sure. of scary things with this. So, Penn State, they're they're playing a a hungry. Maryland team that just caught a little bit of the good feels last week by beating Indiana, right? Yeah. Uh, and then... Uh, Passing playing, game woke up. Playing at home. Uh, they have found some new weapons. I, on, I love on, the on new the weapons. Uh, they view this as a quote-unquote rivalry. I say quote-unquote because the feeling is not reciprocated no. by Penn State. Um, and, 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 you know, I, I, it isn't completely fair to say this, but... I'm I'm kind of sensing from general Big Ten fans that once Penn State is kind of out of the big stuff that they have to fight for, is there a little bit of, eh, you know, the want yeah. to isn't quite there. Is that something that James Franklin and the staff and the players are fighting right now? I mean, let's be honest. They For Penn State and for what their goals are, especially this year, they're they're not playing for anything really right, right now. Right, right. They're not. I mean, it, of course, you're going to go to a bowl game. You're going to go to a solid bowl game. But that's not what they wanted. They wanted to – this was going to be their year. We're going to knock off Ohio State. Ohio State's got a freshman quarterback. This is our opportunity. Their defense hasn't been playing well the last couple of years here. So, yeah, the, to me, I could see that happening. I could see them falling asleep a little bit. I, I would probably feel – a little bit better as a Penn State game uh, fan that this is a two thirty game because trying to get away from the sleepy, you know, early. I, I don't know if that helps a little bit. Like it might actually get the Penn State team a little bit more juiced up to play a crowd. Um, maybe one of the best things that could happen in this game is that Penn State gets popped in the mouth early, gets pissed and responds. I don't, I don't know. Like maybe that's a stupid statement, but something that gets their juices flowing, I guess. Uh, in the end, for me, like I still think there is a a talent advantage with Penn State. Um, I don't believe James Franklin's going anywhere. Okay, so I think he understands. Really? Yeah, I think he understands that he needs to win this game and keep the good feels going for recruiting. Still a little bit of a eh, you know not not exactly. Um, um, uh, the the best performance that we would see from Penn State, but versus Ohio State, okay, a a Ohio State offense that is much better than Maryland. This Ohio State defense punched that Ohio State offense in the mouth. Penn State a defense bit. punched the Ohio State offense. Sorry, God, I yeah. screw stuff up. Like the Penn State defense punched the Ohio State offense a little bit in the mouth. No, I agree. We have seen what happens with a locks offense when it gets, and especially sure. to Leah Tonga Viola. That but, is what I'm trusting. Okay, on here. but here's the thing: like they do that to Ohio State, but then they, you know, lay a big egg versus Illinois, and you could say, well, okay, completely through the rushing attack, which is not Maryland's mo. A good point. That's a good point. They do not run the ball well. Which, by the way, I think this is going to be a pass fest because Penn State doesn't really run the ball well either. Agree. So it tells me it's going to be probably a little higher scoring. Understandable. That's what I, I mean. Think. It's got a 55.5 spread. So I think Locks has his guys ready to play. I think Penn State is a little sleepy. I think if those things come together, not quite for a Maryland win, but I'm going Penn State 30, Maryland 27, and at 57, that's an over. Okay. I had a 
uh, score very much like that for an over. I just kind of settled on this type of game where Penn State's defense is really controlling most of the game uh, because of a lack of rushing attack. Uh, they're not able to take the game over. But in the end, I've got Penn State 27, Maryland 21. So at eight, uh, six points, I also have a Maryland cover. But I've got, uh, at 48 points total, I've got under the 55.5 spread. All right, another 2.30 p.m. game. This is the 5-3, and three, number 21 ranked Wisconsin Badgers. Going uh, into Piscataway to take on the 4-4 four and four Rutgers Scarlet Knights. This is on BTN, line Badgers by 12. Over-under, another low one for the Badgers. Yeah, love it. 38 points, the over-under. So Vegas is saying something along the lines of a 26-18. to 18. Is that right? No, that's not right. 28-16 to 16 is what I needed. Uh, cover for Wisconsin. 71% of the money is on Wisconsin. So, okay. Obviously, it's going to be hard to see points, a lot of points from either team here, right? Right. Rutgers, you know, they're offensively challenged. Don't put a lot of points on the board ever. And Noah Vedro really took some hits against Illinois last week. He, yep. he left the game a couple different times. And you know you're not going to run the ball against Wisconsin. So you need a good passing attack. I just don't know where the points come from for Rutgers in this game. Uh, no clue. I mean, I mean, I could see a shutout. The shutout is on the table. Shutout not, is yeah. on the table. Like at one point, I had settled in on total points for Rutgers at like six. Yeah. Um, I like again. At some point in the season, we we kind of will start saying the same stuff over and over again. But this Wisconsin defense is absolutely incredible. I mean, you have got to bring something to the table as opposed uh, talking about the opposing team's offense, you have got to bring something to the table. That's kind of special. Like one of the teams that we saw really score some points was Michigan because of a special rushing attack that they were able to just kind of bang sure. away. And then, and then it did open things up. I mean, uh, uh, Notre Dame, their special thing was essentially a defense that was able to force turnovers. Like it right. takes something like that. Well, so I do think, like I, I backed away from from it being that bad of a shutout. Why? Because it's Shiano. Like he will he's not gonna save a trick play or no. a special team something for, for, for sure. next week. For like if if even if they were down twenty to nothing, he, he would try to pull something out. So like that to me is why just just the the absolute want to by Rutgers and Shiano, where I think they can do a, a thing he, he, here or there. But in the end, like I just, there's just not enough there. Here's a special thing, Aaron Crookshank, and he didn't play last week against Illinois. So if he's not playing, I and mean, that's that's where you could hit him real quick, right, yep. with a kick return, yep. or with an end around, something like that. And of course, it would be a revenge game for him. He right. transferred from Wisconsin, so switch it over to Wisconsin a little bit. I, I think, you know, they're going to run the ball. They're going to get the yards on the ground. I feel like if they can have Graham Mertz. Just throw about fifty percent completion. That's right. it. Would, and don't and, and don't like, get, we'll, even, put you on the spot. How many attempts you think he'll have in this game? Uh, he'll have nineteen. Okay. Yeah. So, like nineteen. Yeah. Ooh, I'll take the under. Okay. So he'll be like eight or nine for nineteen if he can okay. stay in that range. Okay. And limit it to one turnover. The, the, the game's over. Pretty much. Unless Rutgers can come up with just 
an oh. incredible effort to shut down Wisconsin's rush. I mean, it'd have to be a special teams touchdown. It'd have to be like a long broken play touchdown, yep. uh, maybe a, a trick play touchdown. It would have to, there'd be, have to be a lot of specialness going on. There would have to be. I don't think there's going to be enough specialness. I've got Wisconsin 23, Rutgers 10. Uh, but at 33 points, that's only five points under the over-under. I'm nervous that a a Rutgers trying too hard on offense could actually lead to points yeah. by Wisconsin and then wind up pushing this game over the 38. So I'm sure. going to shy away from the under, making it a lock of the week. But I do p- feel pretty good about Wisconsin covering that 12. So I thought about this as my amateur lock of the week, the under, but I didn't do it. And by the way, Wisconsin, as you're trying to run the football, watch out for a guy named Julius Turner because that guy had a great game against Illinois. Wow. Yikes. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going with, with Wisconsin. Fairly easy win, 27-7 to 7 over Rutgers, and at 34 – that's an under by four points. 27 to 7. Same score as the Iowa game last week. Oh, there you Let's go. That the Eyes on Big podcast is brought to you by the Amador Whiskey Company. I am sorry, Amador people. I forgot to bring my sheet with me to read. I didn't have <laughs> hey, it in front I know. Of me, but I want to say this. Hashtag ask for Amador. I've had a couple more people uh, you know, interact on Twitter with it. It's still a great bourbon, and we very much suggest you go out and buy some. All right. It, well, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. Born in Kentucky, raised in California. Hashtag ask for Amador, and we got a fresh new bottle here. Does that sound good? That sounds real good. Sorry about sorry about that, guys. We'll uh, get that cleaned up uh, next podcast. All right, next game up. Moving into the evening, the six and two, number twenty two ranked Iowa Hawkeyes visiting the three and five Northwestern Wildcats. This is a six o'clock p.m. game on BTN. Line Hawks by 12 over under a pretty low 40.5. Vegas is saying something along the lines of a 26 to 14. Iowa win 62% of the bets are on the Hawks. Hmm. So it's not going to be a pretty offensive game to watch. I wouldn't think so. I mean, kind of like asking how is Rutgers going to score on offense? How are either of these teams going to score on offense. I mean, you could make an argument that this over-under should be lower than the Wisconsin Rutgers one. I think it should be lower than the Wisconsin Rutgers one. I agree. Um, So Northwestern, take the home team first. Last week, lost to Minnesota. You know, re-watching that game, they showed a little bit more life in that game than when I was kind of watching it live. Okay. Um, You know, battle back, I think it was 10-7, to kind of deep into the second quarter. And then Minnesota scored, and Northwestern just could never do enough to catch back up with uh, uh, Minnesota, Evan Hall is really, really good. He's a he's a good running back. Well, they're, they're like you run can make game. an argument he is the he is the most underrated running back in the Big Ten. Yeah, if I not, think if could, that player in general, he's he's just darn good. You could make that claim, and I think he's definitely the best offensive player that Northwestern has. I don't think there's any question about no that. no doubt. Uh, but the problem is the passing attack is it's just a big. Bowl of meh. There, yeah, there they, are there are signs sometimes. There are signs sometimes, but here's the the good news is after last week, I think they're going to settle on Mark uh, uh, um, Marty as the quarterback. We've been there before. Sure. Well, like I mean, I agree. As I agree long as he doesn't get injured, but I think I, I think he showed last week. Okay, this is the guy. Not that he had a great week that he was pitching all over the place, but it seems like like the team rallies around him more than any I agree. Other quarterback. I agree. So I think that's your guy, Andrew Marty. 
He's the guy at quarterback. On the other side, um, the Northwestern defense still is is a Northwestern defense. I mean, again, we're we're eight games into the season. It we just don't recognize it. It's um, not flipping this it, year. It it bows up sometimes. Times and then at some point, it just seems like a combination of lack of experience, comfortability with what they're trying to do defensively, and and I hate to use a you know, a go-to with Northwestern, but a little lack of talent on the defense. And it's just not there. And, and then it, and then all of a sudden, it's kind of a running back back out the door, and then they, they bust a big Yeah, drive. so the defense can't stop the run, but I really can't run the ball either. No. So I don't know. It's like weakness against weakness. It is? Yeah. I mean, what can Iowa do offensively right now that you have any confidence with? Very little. I have no... I would say nothing. I mean, I... I, I, I I still believe in Tyler Goodson, the player, oh, I do too. the running back, you know. Um, so if he gets a chance. And I believe to, in some of the wide receivers I do, I too. do too. I do too. So I think you got to put the blame squarely on the offensive line and the quarterback and the offensive coordinator. And, you know, they, I, it wasn't just me ranting on the last podcast. There are other people that were out there uh, asking about could we see a change at quarterback for Iowa? So much so that uh, Kirk Ferentz was asked that question in the press conference this week. He shot it down immediately. Basically, what we got is we are close. We need to do what we're doing better. Um, they they very much think that that they're close on the rushing attack and that they view playing this Northwestern defense as a chance to bust mm, out. Yeah. I understand the thought process. If they do it, I will cheer loudly and be very happy to see a timely Iowa offense come to life. I just have zero faith that that's going to be the case. And here's the problem that I see with that is the pressure's on them. All eyes are on the offense watching them. Okay, you're not going to change anything, so show us that you can improve. Bingo. Bingo. And, they're, they're, and you're they're, not even an Iowa fan. That's exactly what Iowa fans think. They're puckered right now. I agree. The The entire Iowa offense is puckered. Yeah. Everybody. It, it doesn't seem like they're having as much fun out there as no. they can. Now I'll say two quick touchdown drives can cure sure. that. That's how yeah. fast you can do it. I just don't see it. If you if you took Northwestern on the money line, I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame a person at all. I'm going to have a little bit of faith in the Hawkeyes, but this is going to be a, a stressful, horrible, butt-puckering type of game that I'm not going to enjoy at all. Oddly enough, I think the night game favors Iowa, that they would have a little bit of juice. There's going to be okay. a ton of Hawkeye fans in yeah, the crowd. that's a good point. It's, it's a weird thing, but I would, feel, I would feel even more nervous about this game. I'm nervous about this game, don't get me wrong. I'd feel even more nervous about this game if it was an 11 o'clock kickoff. Um, but in the end, I've got Iowa 16, Northwestern 13. So a pretty easy cover for the Wildcats. And at only 29 points, that is my Amador double barrel lock of the week. Okay. Yeah, I'm not going to be too much different. Um, Iowa's defense will play well. Uh, the turnover magic show is gone, though. You know, that that's not happening anymore. But if it does, I could see them winning fairly easily. But I don't like that line of 12 for the Hawks. So I'm going with Northwestern to cover. Iowa winning the game 20-10 to 10 over Northwestern. And at 30, that is also my Amador double barrel lock of the week. The so, under. So we're both going under. Absolutely, man. Have we done this yet? What do you mean? Have, have we ever shared? Yeah, the I double? think we have. Really? 
I mean, that yeah. one that one jumped out at me immediately. Yeah. The fact that it was over 40, I'm like, there you go. That's it's insane. All I need. And it hasn't moved all week. It doesn't make any sense to me. All right. Our last evening game. This is at 6.30 p.m. The 2-6 Indiana Hoosiers at the 7-1 number 10 ranked Michigan Wolverines. This is on Fox line. Wolverines by 18.5 over under 50.5. So Vegas is saying... Something like 35 to 14 Michigan, 70% of the bets are on the Wolverines. Yeah, so the Wolverines could go one of two ways, obviously. They could wilt after that, you know, demoralizing loss with a couple eh, maybe questionable calls, or they, it could galvanize them. Yep. And, and they could come together. And by the way, their offense is it, it, they've got a two pronged attack now. They, they, do. they just didn't have before. I feel like they've they have had it the past two or three weeks. They have to a certain degree. Yep. They just popped it when they needed to against inferior opponents. They knew they were going to have to put points on the board to keep up with Michigan State. And when it was there, the when they needed it to be there, it was Dude, there. I was. Impressed. I mean, I feel good about two, three, four of their pass catchers. Absolutely. Right now, and I feel good about. Both the Max. So do I. I feel about good about McNamara, McCarthy when he comes in. I know he started a little bit, but I'm going to choose the latter between Wilt or Galvanize. I like this team. This I team's impressed me all year. So I don't think you'll see a drop off from this Michigan team. I think they're come out pissed off. And on top of that, I mean, when I mean khaki pants just owns these types of of games. He and does. We've the, talked the, about that. Um, this would probably be the 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 best backhanded compliment I've ever given on this podcast. We know Khaki Pants is good at winning these games after rivalries because he's lost so many of the rivalry big games, but they have such a good record. Correct. So obviously this isn't the first time that Khaki Pants has been in the position where he has to beat what people consider an, an inferior opponent after losing the big game. So right. I, 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 it doesn't scare me that much. No. He seems to be able to get him up. Agree. On the other side with Indiana, lost to Maryland. Last week, but have they found some offense with McCulley at quarterback? Like, Hoosier fans maybe don't seem that confident, but there's still only one game of film that Michigan has to look for here. You got a night game, maybe pretty excited to go into the big house to play. Like, can we continue to see a little bit of juice from the Indiana offense? Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I'm really excited about McCulley. Can't wait to watch him play this week. But here's what concerns me. They were playing from behind most of the time in that Maryland game, right? And they were just slinging the rock with nothing to lose. Hadn't won a conference game yet. Let's just go out and have some fun. Now you got them on film. Now you're going against a really good Michigan defense. I don't know. I don't see a lot happening for the the Hoosier offense this week. I don't either. So, okay, I'm going with... There's just too much in Michigan's favor here. I think a pretty easy Michigan win here. I'm going Michigan 37, Indiana 13. So that's a Michigan cover. And at 50 points, that's barely an under. An under. It's a half point under. Did you say 37 to 13? 37 to 13. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny how often we do this. Um, I'm pretty much seeing the same thing you are. I, I do think there's a chance of a little bit of lethargic, a little bit of Indiana with their new uh, offensive weapon, keeping them uh, uh, catching Michigan by surprise. But in the end, there's just a big WTF right now with the Hoosier defense. It's it's injuries. It's a lack of mojo. I've got Michigan 37, Indiana 17. So that is just a one and a half point cover for Michigan, I don't love it. I, I think there's a possibility that it's a but, and then at 54 points, I got just a little bit going over. All right, that brings us to the Big Ten game 
of the week, the 8-0, number three Michigan State Spartans going in to West Lafayette to take on the 5-3 Purdue Boilermakers. This is a 2.30 p.m. game, so we're going back in time here a little bit, on ABC, so even ABC recognizes, hey, something could be happening here in West Lafayette. You know what else is another sign that things are interesting? Sparty only favored by three on the road. That is the third-ranked Michigan State Spartans over under 54. So Vegas is saying something along the lines of 28 to 25. So let's make Sparty fans squirm even more. Ready for this? 87% of the bets are on Sparty. That makes me nervous even more. So I I thought of a quote here when I think about Purdue playing a team like this. All right. In the immortal words of J. Robert Oppenheimer, inventor of the nuclear weapon, I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. That's what Purdue does whenever they get a chance to play I mean, a they, top five ranked team. Absolutely. So Ohio State, when they beat them in 2018, was ranked number three. Iowa this year was ranked number two, I believe, when they beat them. This is what they do. But then you've got you, you got the the turnaround to play Wisconsin and get embarrassed. Right. That's what that's what gives me pause here. You're but, saying but, but Wisconsin I wasn't a high ranked team, but right. then, like okay, they're so with Purdue, high. there's a little EKG sh- uh chart going on here sure. a little bit, right? They they beat uh Iowa, get beat down by Wisconsin, then they turn around and beat Nebraska. Are they back down on the EKG chart where they're not up for this Michigan State? Team? But here's the thing, Michigan State is nothing like Wisconsin. Nothing. Nothing. completely different right yeah so it's almost like comparing apples and oranges to even talk about that yeah so michigan state has a couple guys out panishuk is out on the defensive line that's gonna hurt jalen naylor's out yeah. as, at the wide receiver position so that might have a little bit to do with this line because panishuk gets after the quarterback it's one of the things they do defensively which they're going to need to do because purdue's going to be throwing the ball right they're, they're not going to hide that and here's the other thing even with before naylor going out I felt like they were losing their explosiveness yeah. a little bit on offense. A, which is yeah. weird. I mean, to a certain degree, and here we are. I feel like we're dogging on Michigan State, and I feel bad. But, like, do you not have a chance that – or did you not have a little bit of a feeling that – I mean, Kenny Walker kind of bailed them out last yeah. week. Yeah, oh, sure. Okay. I, I don't – I'm not overstating that. Right. So, By the way, I forgot to mention this before. All the scary things we talked about, Michigan State Twitter – has been by and large, oh my gosh, quiet and ner- like. Well, it's then I'm just saying, as boisterous as the twi- that Twitter right. group is, they recognize how scary this game is. Okay, but I rec- I saw something about them on Twitter. Is they have a pucker factor right now? Who Michigan State fans? No, that's that was my whole point of what I just said right now. Michigan State Twitter. You said has, they were quiet, right? Being quiet, like I'm not talking shit. Okay. I'm not being like they are basically. They're very happy to be ranked number three. A little bit of we are literally now gambling with house money. Who do we have now? Oh by God, it's like they 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 have recognized that is what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, when they're not, I've seen them this week on Twitter. You say they're quiet. I don't know. I haven't seen quiet. I've seen holy crap. I feel like we're gonna lose this. Okay, game. that's a different way of putting it. That's it. Okay. Not I, I meant. Quiet in a non-boisterous. Well, way. yeah. Okay. So I guess we're agreeing. We're both saying the same. I think thing we're saying the ways. same thing. 
Um, so, but, and again, so and another reason, I guess we didn't even bring it up. Not only is, are they playing this Purdue team, they're playing this Purdue team on the road after coming, after playing Michigan State. That's or huge. Michigan. That is absolutely huge. I mean, there are just so many scary factors here. Um, Purdue at five wins, they've only got to win one game from here on out to get to bowl eligibility. So I don't think they're really worried about that too much. Like they can kind of let, let it hang out here. And if Michigan state, what you just brought up, right. Which, which I agree with you, you took one of my points away. I'm not, not in a bad way. I just mean you, you hit, hit what I was going to say. I do believe there's been a little bit of a lack of explosion mm-hmm. from the Michigan state uh, uh, passing attack. Yeah. So we do think they're going to lead very heavily on on Kenneth Walker. Guess what? Purdue's pretty good at doing right. Stopping now. the run, yeah, dude. It's it's just <laughs> there's a lot of matchup nightmare stuff. But I am concerned a little bit with Purdue though, because they don't yeah. have that that offense, the offensive output they normally do, and the red zone scoring is kind of crappy. Because so, yeah, because of the lack of rushing attack. Yeah, they just haven't been putting up a ton of like, points. Here, really. Here's, here's a question I have for you: Like, how good? Is good Purdue to you? How good is good Purdue? Like, cause I mean, we, I, it's a team that could win the West, I suppose. Okay, so so good Purdue is that good? I or or get damn close. Okay, maybe not. No, win I'm it, with you. I'm but get you. damn close. Defense good. Special teams. I've I've never noticed it being anything that's that's horrible. The passing attack is timely. I mean, they've got a weapon. They, they they've got a weapon on offense that that most teams don't have. And David Bell, yeah. it's just it's just a lack of rushing attack that you think that they. But can they're getting better over. there, right? Right. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, it's funny. This because was a tough one. I very hard. Um, uh, uh, the other thing, you know, it's funny because like going into the year. No way. If we if we would have went down and predicted what what we thought the the Big Ten game of the week oh, would gosh. be, no way. We would have even considered this. No way. But this week, when I sent you the sheet, I didn't even talk to you about it first because I knew you would agree with me. Yeah. That this is the. I just I just find that interesting. So all the things we talked about, right? That are so scary. I just this this Michigan State team feels like a team of destiny to me. It it. It feels like it just always knows how to, for lack okay. of a better term, nut up when it needs to. Okay. And find something somewhere, whether it's making a big play on defense, sure. making a, a big play on offense of the rushing attack, trick play. They've come up with special teams plays. Like they have hodgepodge it all together. If your glass half empty, you would say eventually that stuff runs out. But until I see it, I believe in the fighting Mel Tuckers, man. And Oh, I do too. And they've got luck on their side as well. Here's a question I have. You know, one of my things is teams that don't expect to get ranked usually crap their pants. Okay. Okay. In fact, we talk, I, I talked specifically about Purdue that one week, Wisconsin week. Michigan State being ranked that third high. in the country. But they knew they were going to be ranked at least in the no, top They knew they were going to be five. ranked. This week, they didn't know it before the season. Yeah. Nobody had any inclination that, right. and nobody in East Lansing had any inclination they would be ranked number three. Hasn't gotten too big. For but them. they've had eight, nine weeks to get used to it okay. here. All okay. All right. Well, you go. I was, I was okay. about ready to give my prediction. But. This is, I, I'm, I'm stupid. I admit it. I'm going with the Purdue win here. Okay. I'm going Purdue 30, 
Michigan State 27, so obviously Purdue cover. And at 57, that's an over. Is it really that? Cr- I mean, they're only a three-point dog. I don't. They're a home dog so at the, three points, and it's a good Purdue team. I felt it. I picked it. And then as soon as I did, I'm like, I'm stupid. I I don't think you're stupid. I mean, I this was something Northwestern and Purdue I debated very hard this okay. week. I, I, so I, I don't think it's crazy at all. Here, here's what I got, okay? What Purdue has to do is throw the ball. Yeah. Well, guess what Michigan State's pretty good at doing? Getting to the quarterback. Yeah, but they also give up a lot of yards somehow. They do. I don't know how that happens, but I know. it does. And, 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 and uh, David Bell's going to get his, but I think they will come up with enough plays. I do think Purdue is going to bottle down Kenneth Walker. Uh, so in the end, I think it's going to wind up being a, a little bit lower scoring game than maybe someone would expect. I've got Michigan State 28, Purdue 20, uh, or Michigan State 28, Purdue 27. Okay. So I'm still taking the Purdue cover. Yep. So it's going to be an all-time kind of classic. I do have the over at 55 points total here. Okay. I think that over-under is dead on because I can see a scenario where kind of some crazy craziness happens in this game and pushes it over. But I don't think there's going to be, it's going to be quite as much of a points explosion as maybe some people think it's going to be. And I'm still taking the over. And another touchdown by Xander Horvath. Why not? Could be. He does that. Crazy. That guy just keeps coming. You you always think he's done, injured, whatever. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, look, Xander Horvath, seven yards. It's amazing. Yeah. But man, this is going to be a good game. game. Great game. Great matchup. We're, you know, I know we're going to the uh, Illinois-Minnesota game, but could I coax you live now that I've put a little pressure on you? If, if maybe the game's looks like it's over, could we could we maybe get out of there pretty quick to, to get and watch this game? I have a feeling we'll know by the end of the third quarter. There's a chance. There's a chance of that. Yeah. Okay. And I think I probably won't be in a great mood. Boy, it sure, sure seems like we're going to have a lot of fun. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's what I do. Where's, You're a blast. Wherever Kurt is, that's where the party is. I am Jeffrey the Greek. I'm Big Kurt. This has been the Eyes on Big Podcast. We'll talk to you soon.